Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Welcome to this Sunday edition of Heritage Bible Radio, where this week we completed our 18-month study through the entire book of Revelation, the final chapter of the final chapter of redemptive history. Pastor Jim will remind us what our response ought to be in light of the final words God has revealed to us about how history ends and how we ought to regard them. Here is the last slice of the message entitled, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. He says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. You know what that's saying? It's saying those who add to God's Word don't belong to Him. Those who take away from God's Word don't belong to Him. Those who belong to Him come on His terms spelled out in His Word. Now, I'll admit the direct application of those two verses, obviously, is to the book of Revelation. But the book of Revelation is the final book of the Bible. And this extends, therefore, to all of Scriptures. This is the close of the Word of God. And very simple. Come and take all the blessings offered here, but don't mess with it, don't add to it, and don't take away from it. I mentioned last Sunday that I spent the prior week writing the course on cults and world religions for our Russian brothers. Still, really fresh on my mind. And when you boil it down, I could take all of those cults and all of those isms and all of those phony systems and I could put them into two piles. These add, these take away. And that's the difference. The truth or the truth plus a little bit of error, that's false. The truth minus part of the truth isn't the whole truth. And it's not the Word of God. All those false religions in the world and all those corruptions of Christianity which damn people equally thoroughly either take away or add to it. Either way, they corrupt it so that they negate its message. The three main places that people corrupt the message of the Bible, pretty obvious. They tend to fall into pretty clear patterns. Many attack the beginning. Because if you deny the Creator and you deny His power to have created everything in six literal solar days, that's very popular in our world because you just sort of, you know, carve out all of the power of God and you don't have to deal with Him. Uh, Do you know that there are statements from the Pope that has affirmed evolution? What does that prove? It proves utter disregard for the Word of God, while they claim to be the vicar of Christ on earth. Did you know that most, and by that I mean almost all, 
Bible schools and seminaries in the United States reject six-day creationism. So what does that mean? It's pretty clear. It means they are no longer Christian. Period. End of discussion. You take away from what the Word of God says. You're not Christian. You're not coming on God's terms. You don't believe it. I'm sorry to say it. I don't want it to be true. You are outside the city. You are with the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons. And don't tell me how Christian you are. You just don't happen to believe what your Creator says. It's serious, my friends. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Don't change it. We can be humble and say, some of it's hard to understand. Peter said that about Paul's letters. I get that. We can honestly disagree about legitimate interpretations of some of the nuances of things, but don't take away from it. Every form of evolution and every explanation of where we came from other than the one in Genesis 1 and 2 is a sign of people who are going to come to the end of their life and not find their names written in that book of life and they will have no access to the tree of life or the holy city. Jesus said stuff like this. I'm not making this up. He said, end of the Sermon on the Mount, many... Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not, and then they start listing all the things they do, did we not do all these things in your name? And he's going to say what? Depart from me, I never knew you. Do I get riled up about this stuff? I sure do, because I love you. I care for you and I've got to tell you the truth. You cannot, cannot take away from the Word of God and claim you belong to Him. Now, many like to attack the other end of the Bible. People love to make jokes about the book of Revelation. They love to mock it. They love to say that it doesn't mean what it says. Others say it's important, but we don't really think it means what it says. Well, in the words of Jesus Himself, if you don't take it seriously, if you don't believe it, you will receive all the wrath of God that is described in all the plagues described in this book. And of course, if they don't attack the end and they don't attack the beginning, the other popular place to attack is the centerpiece, Jesus Christ. He's not Michael the archangel who became a man. He is not a highly enlightened one. He is not one who achieved a higher level of spirituality and came to give us an example to show us the way. He is not a spirit child of a God named Elohim and one of his spirit wives. He is not the spirit brother of Lucifer. He is not a God. He is not a good man upon whom the Christ spirit descended at his baptism. He is not merely a good teacher. When you look at what the Bible says about him, there are three logical choices. He was either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. And it is the latter. He is the God-man. He is the only begotten one, full of grace and truth. He is your Creator who brought everything into existence and then He became flesh and He dwelt among us full of grace 
and truth. He's the one and the only one who ever could have. He died voluntarily in your place so that you could be forgiven and add and have eternal life. That's the message. And on that basis, God cries out to you through His Son, Jesus Christ, through His church, His bride, through all who have ever heard and by His Holy Spirit, come, come, put down that load of trying to be good enough. Don't add to the message. Don't take away from the message. Just learn it and love it and embrace it and believe it and trust it and share it. I read this thing in seminary. I've told you about it before. But it's so on point here. Fellows describing witnessing in a backwoods sort of place. And he tells this guy, you got to come to Jesus. And the guy says, I ain't fitting. And he says, I know you ain't fitting. You're a sinner. But come to Jesus. And the guy's answer is, I ain't even fitting to get fitting. Come to Jesus. You can't. Meet Him halfway. You can't clean up your act enough to show Him that you're coming in good faith and you mean well. The only thing you can do is fall on your face and say, Lord, have mercy on me, the sinner, and I ain't even fitting to get fitting. Take me. That's all you can do. That's Jesus' invitation. The final two verses are John's words. And I invite you to pray John's prayer with him. John heard the message of his own book and he believed it. And he wrote in verse 20, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. John is saying, look, I got it. Jesus says, yes, I am coming quickly. And you know what John says? He was a Baptist. He said, Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. You know what Amen means? I told you somewhere in the book of Revelation. It's basically something like, so be it. Yes. I agree. Truly. Yes. Amen. And you don't get a more simple prayer than this. Come, Lord Jesus. Do you pray? Come, Lord Jesus. When His disciples said, teach us to pray, He said, pray like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Holy be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. John says, Hum, Lord Jesus. And this book closes with the most common way of beginning and ending books in the New Testament. Verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. This is a book about grace. Grace. Unmerited favor. Mercy is not getting what you deserve in your sin. Grace is giving you what you don't deserve by giving you the righteousness of Christ. Are you standing in the grace of God can you say, Amen? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. May we live as if Your name is holy. Your kingdom come. As John prayed, come, Lord Jesus. 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means that I must allow you to do your will in my life. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.